The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for coming back to the Piercing Wizard podcast. Uh, This episode is going to be uh, kind of like a, a bunch of smaller sections. Little bits. And I'm going to do a couple different interviews that I captured at conference. Uh, there were points where I was just kind of walking around the halls in between classes, in between responsibilities, and I had my little portable recorder with me. Um, so I'm going to, uh, you know, show you smaller little sections little bits. from a couple different piercers that I talked to. So I've got uh, Zach Dubois, I've got Carrie Johansson, uh, Sebastian Uribe, I've got Mick Stocko, Kat Swanton. And I've also got a, a little tiny drop-in at the end from C.J. Maxwell. So uh, it's going to be a, a fun episode and kind of interspaced in between those shorter interviews. Little bits. I'm going to do a, a couple different Q&A sections. So uh, before I get into all that stuff, you know I always have to talk about my classes. Um, when it comes to that Monday, uh, August 26th class in Maryland, that is going to be closed. If you haven't already gotten in your registration, it's full up. Uh, I had uh, a limitation on how many people I could accept, and I, I sold it out, so uh, that's awesome. You know, I'm really excited. Uh, thanks for uh, everybody who signed up. Uh, if you're in the Chicago area, I do still have plenty of space in the uh, Sunday, September 1st class. So you can go ahead and get your registration in for that. And I've also got that class Monday, October 28th in Fort Myers, Florida. So all those are open for registration. You can go to precisionbodyarts.com seminars, or you can follow Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook, and you can get all the different information. You can see the different event pages, sign up for any sort of updates. Uh, I don't really have anything to confirm yet for the uh, the November class. I'm still kind of thinking it out early stages. I haven't really started to, to nail down a venue yet, but it's looking like Atlanta. I, I think that should be... Uh, the the class for November Uh, and then as we go into winter then I'll start maybe booking some classes in some warmer areas so I can get out of the snow in New England. Uh, As I record this I'm about a week away from going to Japan. I'm going to try to get a few interviews there but I don't want to make any promises. Uh, When I went to Dallas I I really wanted to get uh, an interview with someone and just didn't work out with our schedules uh, so I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. But you know whenever I travel I usually bring my uh, portable recorder with me and if I uh, stumble across any piercers while I'm there Uh, You know, I'm going to try to grab you some content. Once I get past uh, August, I'm going to be heading into BMX in Germany and then the UK APP conference uh, in uh, Manchester, England. So I can definitely get some good interviews there. Um, As far as uh, stuff that I have lined up over the next few weeks, I do have a few different piercers that I've been talking to to record some stuff on Skype. So I'm going to keep that content going for you. But uh, now let's get into some uh, Q&A and then we'll drop in uh, a couple of those little interviews. All right, so I'm going to get into some of the Q&A, and some of these were submitted through my anonymous Google form at piercingwizardpodcast.com. If you want to send me some questions or give me ideas for the show, feel free to do that, and you can do it anonymously if you'd like. So this first question comes from a a piercing enthusiast, and I am also a piercing enthusiast. Uh, It says, I have been to a couple different piercing shops at this point, and the piercer at each shop was great, but the counter staff was less so. 
They range from just going through the motions type service down to one individual actually complaining to a coworker about a dumb customer in front of other customers. I'm really not into complaining to management most of the time, but I can see that both shops are single piercer and the piercer is the owner. And in both cases, I can tell based on listening to your podcast that they are really trying to up their game. I feel really torn about whether or not to complain. And if I should, then how should I go about it in a constructive way? Um, this is a, this is a tough one because, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be different for every person, every shop, every situation. Uh, there have been lots of points throughout my career where I just wasn't professional enough or mature enough to hear constructive criticism. So a lot of times it would come off as an attack to me or to my, my crew. Uh, and I didn't really learn the lessons I, I needed to learn. So, Part of it is going to be what kind of rapport do you have with the studio? You know, have you have you been going in regularly? Uh, are they going to know your name? Are they going to recognize you? In a situation like that, uh, your criticism might carry a little bit more weight. If they can actually stop and think, like this person chose our studio to walk through the door and spend some money. Uh, let's let's listen to them and and let's try to to learn from maybe a potentially negative experience. Uh, but you know, some people do take it as an attack. Uh, it's been really difficult at points uh, in my career when with my staff for us to hear constructive criticism. Uh, so to kind of talk about it from the the shop side of it, uh, we we've done the exact same thing that you're talking about. You know, completely admittedly, uh, body piercers, tattooers, we're in uh, like a fringe uh, industry. We're not corporate. We're not working for the man. Uh, we're not going in and a suit and tie to work and unless you know you're one of those fancy folks like uh, Miro Hernandez or something but um, when we're going in we're kind of just ourselves we're expressing ourselves we're listening to loud music we're just kind of being free or whatever um, and sometimes we're a little bit too free with the way we talk uh, a lot of professionals are going to be less than professional when they deal with challenging clients uh, I, I've absolutely been guilty of that myself Somebody comes in and they're just asking questions that, uh, you know, it's really difficult to answer because they have no basis of education and you get maybe frustrated and you say, oh, you know, oh, this client is so dumb and they just don't get it and this and that. Uh, and then they leave and then you, you shit talk them. Uh, and that's absolutely happened in my studio in the past. Uh, I don't want to lie and say it hasn't. I, I feel like that does happen. Uh, everybody needs to vent sometimes. Um, if you do need to vent, you know, do it privately. Don't do it in earshot of any clientele or anyone that's not a staff member, you know, because um, it makes you look like a prick, basically. And a lot of times it's because you are being a prick. Uh, people don't walk through the door being experts. Uh, I think if people were absolute body piercing experts, maybe they would be in the industry rather than paying to support our industry. So uh, try not to look at clients as dumb. Try to look at it as just they haven't been educated yet, and it is your job as a professional to educate them. Uh, everybody does need to vent though, so maybe save that for the end of the day. Go home, tell your partner, tell a friend privately, blow off some steam, that's fine. But you know, if you shit talk a client, uh, and you're in earshot of, of someone else, they're going to think that you're probably going to shit talk them when they leave. Uh, like, oh, you know, they, they thought that that client was dumb. Are they going to think I'm dumb? And, and then, you know, maybe some of those clients aren't going to be coming back or maybe they're going to go to other studios and be like, oh yeah, you're never going to believe that this, this shop was shit talking, whatever. Maybe they're going to have mutual friends with the, the person you shit talked. And then it ends up this, you know, this whole can of worms. 
when it comes to the criticism side of it from the the client perspective of it uh, if you have a rapport maybe try to talk to uh, you know the the manager the piercer the owner try not to present it as like a I'd like to speak to your manager please because you don't want to put them on the defensive immediately if you have a rapport uh, say hey can I talk to you in the in the the piercing area in a private space in an office something like that you know away from the front counter away from the front counter staff uh, and just kind of tell them like hey you know I don't necessarily appreciate that as a client, uh, you know, because, you know, are you are you uh, trashing me too kind of a thing. If you don't feel comfortable saying that face-to-face because that's honestly a super awkward interaction to have, uh, you can maybe send them an email. You can say, hey, I've been a client there. Uh, I really do like your studio. I can see that you're improving. You know, say the same things that you kind of submitted in this question. I, I can see that you're really trying to improve, but, you know, I didn't necessarily appreciate hearing a staff member trashing a another client uh, you know that's not really something I want in a studio and then you gotta basically leave it to the professionalism and the maturity of the person who's receiving that constructive criticism and that's exactly how you want to present it as constructive criticism don't just say hey you're a prick uh, say you know I don't really appreciate that I would rather see this uh, and then hopefully you know their maturity kicks in and they can really just read what you're writing or hear what you're saying uh, sometimes I've gotten criticism and it has been harsh at points, but I have really tried to learn from it and that's made me a better professional and a better person and a better adult. Uh, but you know, sometimes, sometimes those lessons are difficult. Sometimes you also have to speak with your dollars, you know, uh, just don't go there. If you feel like they don't deserve your money, uh, don't go there. You can write them uh, an email that, that starts to get a little bit more harsh when you give them kind of the, the Dear John letter of like, hey, I used to love your shop, but now I don't love your shop because of this. I have gotten those emails before, uh, whether it's tattoo interactions, piercing interactions, front counter interactions. Uh, you know, over a 20-year career, uh, especially something starting when you're really young, you're not going to do an awesome job every time. You know, just because you can push a needle doesn't mean that you're going to be an awesome professional body piercer. So sometimes I have gotten those Dear John breakup letters where people have said, hey, I've been a client of yours for months or years or I've come back this many times or whatever, but uh, it really soured me. You know, I had this shitty interaction with the person at your front desk. They were really rude to me, etc., uh, etc., et and, and I'm not going to be coming back. And it's difficult to read that as a, as a professional, but sometimes you need that. Um, if you just coast through life thinking you're doing everything great, chances are you're doing plenty of it not great. So uh, sometimes getting that criticism can kind of help you keep on track. If you are the client and you're making those criticisms, please just try to keep it constructive. Please try to be gentle because a lot of times people are going to take it as kind of an attack. Uh, and if you are a professional and you're getting those criticisms or you're seeing maybe crummy reviews on Yelp, try to step back from the situation and don't just always think like, oh, well, you know, their, their shitty review is irrelevant because they were a prick or whatever or this or that. Try not to take it as an attack. Try to actually read between the lines and say, okay, this is what the person is complaining about. Is there anything we can do to improve that? And there have been times where I've had to pull my counter staff aside and say, all right, it is not your job to, um, you know, be be the, the 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 mom in the situation. It is not your job to say like, you know, 
uh, barking, this is wrong and that is wrong, and you're asking the wrong questions. Uh, counter staff's job is to just basically tee up the professional uh, to kind of prime them. So, you know, if, if the counter staff doesn't have the right answer or if they're getting a little bit frustrated, they can say, oh, well, you know, if you want to wait just a minute, you can talk to the body piercer, you can talk to the tattooer, they can give you a little bit more information than I can give you, they can help answer your questions. Um, but we have had clients turn around and walk out the door because the interaction the interaction with the front counter staff has been so poor. Uh, again, tough tough lessons you have to learn that way. But it, it does help to actually learn that lesson so that doesn't happen twice. So thanks for your question. Uh, and again, just be gentle if you're going to make those criticisms to someone, please. So first up for the interviews is going to be Zach Dubois. And uh, it's a fun one. So listen up. All right, so uh, tell everybody uh, who you are and where you're from. Well, my name is Zach Dubois. I am from Orange County, California, Fullerton to be exact. I own and pierce out of Chapman Avenue Tattoo. I own Dubois Piercing inside of Chapman Avenue Tattoo. I do not own Chapman Avenue Tattoo. But I do all my work out of there, and I own all the piercing inside the shop. Cool. Uh, how many times have you been to conference, or when was your first conference? Well, my first conference was in 2005, and my second conference is this one. It's been 14 years since I've been to conference. Wow. That's a uh, quite the, the jump in the, the industry, I would imagine. Uh, it's, everything has changed. Yeah. Everything. So what was, what was your first conference like, and then uh, what was it that that kept you from, from coming back uh, in the short term? Um, first conference was a party. Mm -hmm. I had a blast. I had a great time. I didn't really, I, I didn't take any classes. I went for the jewelry expo and to just kind of hang out and party because mm -hmm. um, you could do that then. Yeah. Um, as long as you had a business card, you could buy an expo pass. Yep. Um, and uh, so I went and partied for a couple of days. And then what kept me from coming back was I kind of just didn't make it a priority. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, but I also wanted to party and have a good time and live life, you know, like a, you know, like a party animal. And like a piercer. Yeah, you know, like, you know, make all the money during the day and blow it all at night yeah. and, you know, and do that repetitively for years on end. And so making a uh, conference a priority was never my priority. You know, mm -hmm. um, this year I made it um, the number one priority was I need to get to conference yeah and I just did I took some steps to make that happen I put some money aside accordingly and planned accordingly and paid for things in in a uh, comfortable manner so that it didn't really even hit my finances in one big chunk mm -hmm. it was like I just kind of gradually didn't have that money you know yep. it didn't even didn't even hit the bank you know and uh but I made it a priority because I came back into the industry um, after, with the break. Um, I came back and I just wanted to do better. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been in, you know, great positions and worked with, you know, at great shops and then done, you know, I've fallen back and doing, done the back and forth and everything. And when I came back, I came back, like I came in hot. I was like, there's nothing going to fucking stop me. And this time I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. Mm -hmm. And it's... Like, I, I think back to if I could go back in time with all that knowledge, like that saying, like if I could go back and be a kid again with all everything that I know now. Yeah. Well, now I get to do that. I'm That's starting over way to look at it. with 
all the knowledge that I already have, yeah. but I get to rebuild everything from the ground up and I get to do it myself yeah. instead of relying on anybody else to build that for me and then me come in and do it, I get to build it, which for me means a lot yeah. in the long run and in the big picture because I worked under and for people that um, I've had the, the best jewelry and worked with the best jewelry, but I didn't own it. Mm-hmm. and. There was nothing wrong with that, but I didn't have any say in it sure. and what was going on with it. I think it's a lot of frustration for piercers when they they know what they want, they know what they want to use, and maybe they don't have a boss that has the same opinion. Right, and like there were times that I that the boss did, but I just wasn't the guy that ordered the jewelry. Mm-hmm. I worked at Outer Limits, and like all those guys took care of. Um, the jewelry and I just came in and I did my work yeah but then I've worked at other shops after the fact that in that you know like you said where the boss just didn't believe it Mm -hmm. he didn't see it and there was no convincing him and that's what drove me to go out on my own because I basically said if you're not going to work with me I'm working against you yeah because I can't work like this right well I mean when you know when you know what your standards are uh, it's it's difficult if not impossible to work below them. Right. And I think it, that's a, that's frustration that I see from a lot of piercers. Mm-hmm. Maybe they haven't had the opportunity to actually work with it yet. So maybe it's not quite as quite as infuriating right. for them. You know, maybe it's more of a longing kind of thing, but when you when you have it and then you don't have it, it's got to be a lot tougher. Yeah, totally. It's like uh, running track and training and training and training and then you fucking you forget your shoes. Yeah. You can't do it. You can't do it the same and it's just it, it gets it was getting to me. And I had to make a change, and I decided that I was going to do it on my own. Yeah. And uh, then when I started actually believing in, um, in myself and putting that trust in myself that I can make these things happen is when I really started to see things come together. And then it was like, like just one thing after another, just kind of snowball of goodness, and here I am. I, I came to conference with uh i don't need to buy any jewelry at at the expo Mm -hmm. because i just picked all that up i got a killer deal from a um, an old shop i bought their back stock that they didn't uh, they didn't have any use for anymore and so i'm loaded i have a shop full of jewelry i have all my initial jewelry from um, neo metal and industrial strength Mm -hmm. i have all the organic that you know all the companies that I could sit here and list them all, but we all know who they are. Um, but I have, you know, all the wood and stone and bone and horn, all that cool stuff, and like the like the fossilized, you know, feathers, mm-hmm. like ammonite shit, and like everything, anything, glass, stone, like hangy stuff, all of it. A whole literal whole shop's yeah. worth of jewelry. So you don't have to panic and try to fight people at Expo to get jewelry. Right. And the the craziest thing was after your. Uh, seminar in March Mm -hmm. Swayze gave me a ride home yeah okay Swayze and I were talking and I laughingly said you know it's not like somebody's just gonna drop a shop full of jewelry in my lap (laughs) and then it happened well I then I said hang on let me rephrase that and I I've been trying to live in that if you put that energy out there then that energy is going to come back to you and so i said let me rephrase that because i don't want that to be a negative thing so i hope somebody drops a shop full of jewelry in my mm-hmm. that'd be awesome yeah so i had a friend basically uh 
linked me up with somebody who had a shop full of jewelry that they were wanted to drop on they you. wanted to get rid of yeah and uh so basically i got a shop full of jewelry dropped in my lap that's great it was amazing yeah and so that changed that was a the big like fucking done there yeah. made it you yeah. know because i had been on that constant upgrading next you know best company next best company doing that like better and better sorry not yet i will um and doing that you know constant upgrade and then this happened and it was like okay i'm done it's like taking the first 10 steps in the race and then all of a sudden you you're through the finish line and it's like what happened yeah that's that i mean that's definitely an awesome head start with the new shop totally so it, it set me up to now i get to stay here in mm-hmm. this, you know, in this time, because I've set myself up to have that revenue come in yep. to support spending that money again, right, in the back end to get the more jewelry yep. from these companies, yep. and so spending the, you know, the minimums isn't so bad because I didn't have to do that to start, mm-hmm. and you know, I know that's not reality for most people, but that's what happened for me, and it was a blessing. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes. Stuff like that. I, I'm a big believer in fate in the universe mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. And it, when, when things like that happen, you don't have people saying like, oh, man, that, that sucks. Like everybody's like, that's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. You know, right. it's like you, you put in the work and the universe is going to take care of you, basically. Right. And I, I've been really trying to live on that. You put out what you want to get back. Mm-hmm. You know, positive brings and breeds positive, you yeah. know. I feel like that's what a lot of this conference is about, you know? I, I, I agree. Yeah. Fully. Fully agree. So uh, what's been kind of your highlight of the week so far? Like, have you had, like, your, you know, your favorite class? Or has it been, like, meeting someone that you've just seen online? Or, like, what's been, like, a standout moment for you? Um, well, all of it, really. This is the first time that I've uh, taken classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, first time that I've actually done conference. Um, so I feel like a, uh, you know, a... A first-time attendee but not because I've you know I've kind of gone through it before but mm-hmm. without without taking any of the classes um, so actually being in it is really cool for me um, one of the highlights was uh, I bought Steve Hayworth's tools cool his his subdermal and yep. his implant tools yeah and uh, that was a highlight because the, the price dropped on him like enormously yeah which made them super affordable yeah and it was like take just take my money that's great yeah i i think i would even like to have one of those as like a collector kind of item it's a nice it's a nice seven piece set for a very very good price i don't want to put it out on your radio thing but it's definitely much more affordable than his original twelve hundred dollar sets right cool well maybe Um, i'll like run into him yeah so meeting him was really cool and talking with, with him about, you know, doing more work because he's I've always held him up here mm-hmm. and he's just there, too. Yes, he yeah. does amazing work, but he's just a regular guy, just like everybody the fuck else. And, and there's there's a, a talk, you know, in quiet tones of these like upper echelon or these the elite, uh, the elite, yeah. you know, and. We put them, those people there. Yeah. They don't put themselves there. Right. The people that do put themselves there get fucking called out pretty yeah. quickly yeah. by everybody else that doesn't feel that, that they are there but have been put there by other people, yeah. you know? So I've seen a lot of the people that get called elitists 
but it's like they're they're the nicest, sharing, caring it, exactly. people. Yeah, and it's like no, no, no. They're not elitists. They're elite because you have you've created them. Right. She's an elitist. Yes. Yeah. Kendra is definitely elitist. <laughs> um, but the people, you know, in general, are everybody is amazing. Um, conference this year is fantastic. The classes yeah. are great. Um, Bethra in her uh, complications class this morning mm-hmm. was fantastic. Yeah. She is a fucking awesome chick. Bethra, I mean, in general, I'm going to guess that Bethra has always had, like, the gift of gab, but uh, has really developed her skill as, like, an amazing public speaker. Yeah. yeah. she's She can control the the room pretty well. Yeah. I, it was uh, very funny. Somebody had uh, asked a question, and she was just like, nope. So, anyway. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah. yeah. She does not take any no, shit. No, there's no nothing. And I knew what happened, and she knew what happened. Mm-hmm. And I, I went up and told her after the fact. I was like, that was awesome. And she was like, well, I had just fucking said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Beth was really good at. All right. Well, uh, I would imagine you're going to be coming back next year then, right? Yeah, definitely. I'll awesome. be here from now yeah. on. You got the bug now. Oh, I'm here. All right. It stuck with me. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me. Thank where you. Uh, For the people listening again, where's your, where's your shop? What's your social media? Um, I am in Orange County, California, located in Fullerton. Um, I work out of Dubois Piercing inside of Chapman Avenue Tattoo. My Instagram is Dubois Piercing, D-U-B-O-I-S, Piercing, at Instagram. All right. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. So that was kind of a cool conversation with Zach. You know, the whole gap in uh, being away from conference for so long and then coming back, you know, it, you really do deserve a, a lot of credit for something like that because I think some piercers might be cool with just thinking, yeah, I went to conference once, I partied, I bought some jewelry, whatever, there's really no need to go back. But uh, kind of stepping outside of that and, and thinking, you know what, I, I really do want to up my game, I do want to get back, I see what conference has become, you know, because it used to just be you know, a party environment with a couple of classes, and now it's really classes. And, you know, there's still some partying on the side, but it's a lot more of a serious event now. So it's really cool. Uh, and, and piercers definitely do deserve credit for, uh, you know, making that decision to prioritize it, to save up for it, to pay for those expenses, and to, to get out there and do it. So, you know, props to you, Zach. I, I wish you all the success in the, in the future. Uh, to get into the next question, it's kind of a sort of an ambiguous two-parter. Uh, it says, uh, I would like to hear a show where the conversation is about making difficult career decisions, such as leaving your current situation uh, if it's bad, or changing over to threadless. Uh, just change in general and how to deal with it, or even just someone's experience with painful growth as a piercer. Um, that would definitely be an awesome full episode with someone in the future. Uh, I don't really super plan out uh, subjects. You know, I, I know Will Von Doom's podcast is much more like, let's stick to one topic with a guest and really kind of like dive deep into it. Uh, and he does an awesome job of that. But for me, I'm a little bit more scatterbrained. And it's usually I just have a, a flowing conversation with the person sitting in front of me. And sometimes we'll weave in and out of certain topics. But a lot of times it's it's more just conversational. But when it comes to uh, making the difficult decisions, 
some of the some of the things that I can talk about were, you know, based on difficult decisions I've had to make or, or other piercers that I know have had to make. Uh, I do know piercers who have had to just straight up leave a shop because it's it's not the right environment for them, you know, whether it's earlier on in their career or even once they're established as a piercer. Uh, you know, there's there's a piercer and, you know, maybe they're listening to the show and maybe they're thinking of it. But, uh, you know, we had quite a few conversations about them being in a studio that wasn't really... Uh, you know, the, the best environment, they didn't really enjoy some of the people that they were working with and they decided to, uh, step back and leave that shop, even though it was something they really had to push for to work their way up the ladder and and to make it as far as they made it. And they, they had to just say enough is enough. I I can't be here anymore. And they had to step back. Uh, I've known piercers who have, um, left one shop where they're, they're a full-time piercer and they've moved somewhere else and they kind of get bumped down the ladder to trainee or, or something like that. And they're going to get retaught how to, how to do something. You know, if your apprenticeship was with maybe a, a tattooer that didn't really know how to pierce much anyway, you know, they knew how to push a needle, but they didn't really know a lot of the, the sweet science that goes uh, along with it. They didn't really have much um, wider information for the, the overall industry. Sometimes people have said, well, you know, is it better to be, uh, an uneducated piercer piercing in a shop or should I try to get my foot in the door in another studio, maybe start as counter help or maybe just reapprentice, you know, go back and, and take a year to get trained up on, on some of the, the better information. Uh, I don't want to say that, everybody can just make that that tough choice because you know life gets in the way sometimes people are they have families they have kids and partners and debt and responsibility medical bills you know whatever whatever they have to deal with and they need that constant income uh, it can get really tough but what I would say is never stop trying to make yourself as good as you want to be uh, so if you're in an environment that's not perfect try to think about what you can do to supplement that environment you know is it getting out and shadowing or is it just kind of talking to people on the phone or on the internet or through email, you know, and, and getting some mentoring, getting out to conference or different seminars or, or things like that. Uh, it's it's tough to, to make that change sometimes. But, you know, sometimes it's better to, to make those hard decisions and maybe even set yourself back a little bit uh, to strengthen your future. But, you know, I, I'm a very privileged uh, individual who has never really had to make that, that tough decision myself. So I don't want to make it seem like it's easy because I'm sure it's not. When it comes to uh, changing over to threadless, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say threadless alone is going to be the thing. But let, let's say going from external to internal, I know so many piercers who have struggled with that. And it's really intimidating, you know, especially those piercers who have been in it for years. Um, you're in a shop where maybe the owner doesn't so much care about internal or threadless and you're you're just getting external to work with. But you see all the stuff online of you know, people making a better living and selling nicer, nicer stuff and having happier clients and bigger shops and all these different opportunities uh, that, that money brings along with it. Um, it can be intimidating. Uh, and, and again, sometimes it's tough to really kind of break through that barrier of, of telling an owner, hey, I know you don't prioritize this, but I want you to spend $1,000 on this new stuff. Uh, and and it, it'll make you more money in the long term. It's difficult to to do that. But uh, I, and I've talked about that a whole bunch on the show. But as the piercer, it's also really difficult. You know, if you're a piercer going from external thread jewelry, needles, this and that, and now you got to think, well, 
now I need to know all these different techniques for, uh, you know, pin tapers and putting on different end pieces. And uh, maybe you're a piercer using cannulas in the UK or Europe or Central or South America or wherever, you know, and then switching over to blade needles. You know, the things that we're thinking of as body piercing needles in the US can be very different than body piercing needles in other parts of the world. All those techniques can be really difficult. Uh, but again, you know, reach out to people online. You know, if you think that uh, someone's work is great on Instagram or on Facebook, realize that it's it's great because they put in hard work and they're usually going to be willing to share some of their experience. So reach out, talk to them, say, hey, you know, I, I, I really like your work. Um, how did you start learning how to do this? Or what are some recommendations you might have for me? Or can you share a few pointers? Uh, change can be really difficult. It can be really challenging, but I think it's necessary for, for growth, you know, as, as you as a person and as your studio. Uh, I look back again on a business that I started when I was 20. I mean, if I was doing the same stuff now that I was doing then, uh, most of the opportunities I've had in life would not have happened. Um, without learning new techniques and bringing in new jewelry and uh, growing as a, as a professional, my shop never would have grown. I never would have been able to give other people the opportunity to uh, work in an industry that they want to work in. When I started, it was just me. Just me piercing pretty much by myself. No counter help, no tattooers. Uh, after a little while, I brought on one tattooer friend, and then we brought on another, and then another, and another, and flash forward years, I have the business uh, strong and healthy enough where I can start having other piercers, and I can, oh my god, I can have uh, an apprentice, um, you know, and I can pay for counter staff, and I can pay for other people to help, and now uh, I'm in a studio where I have uh, four tattooers, I have a body piercer, I have uh, multiple counter staff, and I have apprentices in the studio, and all these different opportunities, and I never would have been able to do any of that without growing and without changing. So sometimes change is uh, going to be a really important part of your future. So don't be scared of change. Uh, realize that you know you do have support whether you know it or not. You, there are different resources that you can use, but change can be really freaky. Um, if you're in the wrong shop, uh, maybe you can't find the right shop tomorrow, but don't stop looking for the right shop for you, the right fit for you. Or, you know, maybe you can be one of those piercers who goes off on their own and opens their own studio to create the shop that they always wish they had. Uh, but thanks for your question. Um, I will try to link up with someone in the future and, and maybe kind of flesh that out uh, into more of like a full subject, you know, maybe get a, a little bit more of their experiences of how they had to deal with change. But uh, it'll probably just kind of come up as, as part of another show. Little bits. Recording. Okay. So tell me your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Carrie Johansson, and I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. What's your shop? I work at the Ink Parlor off Main Street. And this is your first time coming to conference? Yes. How, how long have you been piercing? Um, so I'm very fresh to it. I mm -hmm. literally just sent in my paperwork to get licensed. So nice. I just completed it. Um, yep. So, But I've it, it's been about a year. Yeah. Um, so pierce the baby. Yeah. Brand new. That's so, great. But it's super exciting. I love conference so much. It's everything I could have hoped for. Like I just am a big learner, studier. So I just kind of sit and obsess things. So being able to just sit down and like see what works for everyone else has just been phenomenal. That's awesome. Did you come out with anybody from your shop or like any other piercers from home? Um, I'm Nope, I'm a Lone Ranger. I came alone, but I have seen people from my city here. Yeah. Um, funny enough, um, a few of them that I had ended up on the same plane with. That's so, awesome. Yeah. What's uh, what, are, what have been your highlights so far? Um, highlights? Um, I've really enjoyed... 
took the safe practices in the sterilization room as well as the piercing room, yep. which I really liked because The one I, in the piercing room was way better, wasn't it? I, yes. So much was, better. See, and that's what I was going to say is, <laughs> no, it's been really helpful because yeah. I'm not the most organized, mm-hmm. I would say, and so there's definitely some things from it that I'm going to take and implement when I get home immediately. Yeah. So... Yeah, I can't wait. That's cool. Um, are you doing any more classes today? Yeah, I today's pretty laid back for me. I was super booked up yesterday, but um, I do have like three more today. Nice. So. Uh, and then I'd, I'd imagine you're, are you doing any talk APP sessions? Are you doing the body piercing archive exhibit? Any of that stuff? Um, I've already done a talk APP. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to um, Anna Bial for her uh, professionalism, mm-hmm. um, as well as some other great speakers bad memory um but then i would also love to go to the exhibit i want to crunch that in there yeah i'm trying to get into that later on today what about expo have you been in the expo yet yes oh my gosh it's so beautiful like i didn't realize you could just be so attracted to jewelry Mm -hmm. and like i only made it halfway through because i ran out of time but i'm gonna go back in and so i'm kind of glad i did that so i can kind of take my time to like look at everything it's impossible to catch it all in one day even if you walk around and intently look at each booth there's so much to look at at each individual booth that you can't you can't take it all in. I know, yeah. and like, and that's what I did is like I'd come back around and be like, I didn't even see that one before, right. and it's just there's so much beautiful stuff mm-hmm. to look at. It's yeah. exciting. It's a really really fun time. Uh, do you have any social media that you want to share on the show? Make um, some friends. Yeah, definitely. And so my Instagram is okary. It's O H X Carrie K A R I. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Um, it's pretty easy to find, but I also go by piercings by Carrie Ellen. Awesome. Cool. So. Thanks for coming out, and I hope to see you here next year. Yeah. And thanks I will for be, listening definitely. to the show. Yes. I always appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for having me on it. It was really You're exciting. Welcome. And what would you, good sir, like to say about the show? Introduce yourself. Who you are, where are you working? I'm Sebastian Uribe. I work at True Expression Piercing Studio in Queens, New York. Uh, ideas to the show. First year, it's intimidating at first. Second year, it's a lot easier walking in up to people casually you see on the right. internet or you took a class from them and just talking to them, getting involved as much as I can, being able to talk to Kale about participating in the membership committee, mm-hmm. talking to Johnny Velez about, you know, working up a release form, you know, changing something that you would never think. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, so they experienced this years ago. Mm-hmm. Now to incorporate it, it's really cool and it's a bit much easier. Definitely making more friends, talking. Yeah. That's awesome. What about highlights for you? Any like, what's what's been your favorite class so far? Uh, favorite class so far. I have to check everything that I took. <laughs> are you doing what? What are you doing today? Like, are, is there something you're going to next? Yes, I have the body piercing complication and considerations class. Yep, that's a good one. Um, I think what every piercer should know above about below the neck anatomy was my favorite class so far. Mm, yeah. Was that Betsy? Uh, Betsy Reynolds? No, that's Elaine Angel. Oh, one okay. of the core classes, so yeah. that's something I missed out last year and again yep. this year. Definitely changed an idea. Mm. Hand piercings are definitely a no-go now in my book. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it's always fun to to learn all like the science behind it because I think when you go into body piercing, you learn it from maybe a mentor or something like that and sometimes the science stuff like it's part of their explanation, but you don't really know all the science behind it. So I love the anatomy classes and the materials classes and the aftercare classes and all that stuff. Also taking your class yesterday, learning all the technical names about lip piercings. The lips, yeah. And I do the same as you. We separate it on their pricing sheets, like different piercings. But I say, oh, you want lip piercing? Right. right we're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. 
it just really helps because uh, there are so many nicknames for piercings that I get confused and I can't keep track of them. But it's really easy if you just say like, you know, upper lip, lower lip, paired lip. Like everybody knows those terms. The one weird thing that we get at our shop is we get a lot of people that call for snake eyes and sometimes right. I'll turn them down because I hear snake bites and I right. just think and I'm like, no, we don't do it. And then yep. they hang up and I'm like, oh, damn, we actually do do that. Like right. I have to call you back now. And yeah, I've had the same kind of issue where sometimes people ask for something and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what that is. I could probably do it. I just don't know what you call it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me. I guess we can all get back to our classes now. All right, so I've got just one last one of the for you before we go. But uh, before we get to that point, uh, I don't so much have a Q&A section, but there is a, a subject that I really wanted to bring up and I wanted to put on the minds of the industry, especially experienced piercers, shop owners. And uh, it's really just about developing the next generation of our industry. Um, I, I talk to a lot of people within the structure of the APP, uh, within uh, different conferences that I go to around the world, different uh, groups and, and uh, cliques of, of piercers. And I always really want to say, uh, you know, you you might be an experienced piercer. What you need to do is you need to mentor the next generation of experienced piercers. Otherwise, we're going to get to this point where there's this huge gap uh, between piercers who have, you know, 10 or more years of experience and uh, apprentices, you know. A lot of shops now, especially those higher-end shops, uh, it's it's a huge time investment to train someone start to finish. And there's no guarantee that just because you train someone that they're going to be excellent at the job. Um, there are definitely proficient piercers, uh, excellent piercers, and you know, unfortunately there are some not-so-great piercers out there. I think what a lot of shops are doing now is if they want to open a new location or expand or take on someone rather than uh, investing all that time and all that effort to train someone who may or may not really be great at the job, they tend to scout out people uh, who are kind of uh, mid-level, you know, maybe they've got some experience and they're going to polish them up, give them access to things that they might not have had before in their career and, and make them uh, really good piercers. But what that does is it creates this void of the uh, the people who go from no experience at all, like entry-level positions, people answering phones or, or people helping out behind the, the front counter. There's a huge gap between that point and proficient body piercers that can get jobs in different studios, that can do guest spots, that can cover and things like that. And if, if we as professionals are not fostering that next generation of piercers coming up, uh, we're going to run into a problem where all the best piercers are snatched up by all the best shops. And then there's this huge gap uh, between uh, like the haves and the have nots, basically. So what I would really like to put out there is just a call to other shops. Um, you should always have someone kind of coming in to that, you know, entry-level tier in your studio. So if you're hiring a piercer from outside of your shop, uh, someone who's already experienced, great, no problem there. I love seeing people get opportunities, especially the people who have been kind of chugging away in so-so shops and then they get their shot to work in a really good shop. You know, there are a lot of piercers that I know who have really grown as people and grown as professionals because of opportunities like that. But uh, at the same time, I, I you know, if you've got those kids that are coming into your shop uh, they love body piercing. They're your regulars. You talk to them all the time. They they know 
all the different brands and they follow all these other people on Instagram, uh, why not maybe extend them an offer? Hey, you know, would you want to do a couple of hours on the weekend just helping answer phones or, you know, we can teach you how to take out the trash or do some smaller tasks. And then if they work out good in that role, then you can say, hey, let me show you a couple things behind the jewelry counter, help you uh, get the information you might need to answer some questions for me, talk to people about pricing or help out with paperwork and, you know, take the load off of your body piercers. Uh, it doesn't have to be apprentices. I really don't like to see people go from, hey, I'd like a job to I'm an apprentice the next week. Uh, I don't really think that that serves people for success uh, very much, but um, you really do have to develop talent. Uh, my body piercer now, Evan, he wasn't hired to be a body piercer. He wasn't even hired to be a jewelry person or an apprentice. Uh, I hired Evan because I needed some help just answering the phones. He was a, a regular in the shop. He got tattooed. He got pierced there. Uh, and then just through Evan's hard work, he, he earned his way up that ladder, you know, and eventually I started training him for uh, helping out with jewelry. And then he was loading my sterilizer and then I was showing him how to do jewelry changes and then it was hey you know you need to be an apprentice you need to be a piercer one day I trained him it took years but now I have a, a body piercer in my studio who operates pretty close to how I operate I, I don't try to limit him and say you can only do the, the way you can only do things the way that I do them you can get information from other people other sources and incorporate it into your own style but uh, he fits my shop so well that I would say that he's probably the primary piercer in my studio now. You know, he's working four or five days a week. I'm working usually around one or two days a week, honestly, at this point on average. So, um, but I never really had a point where I could just hire someone from another studio. I, I didn't have the money to say, hey, quit where you work now maybe move to another city, maybe do this, maybe do that, uh, to work at my shop. And I, I couldn't afford to, to pay people something competitive. Now, if I had to, I could hire someone. Um, it would probably be a, a big financial hit trying to throw a bunch of money at, at someone to, to bring them over, you know, probably helping to pay some of their expenses for moving, things like that. And maybe they're not going to be the right fit for the shop. I know excellent body piercers that I don't really think I would want to work uh, have working in my studio and, and it's not a knock against them it's just that we're not really the right fit for each other uh, so you know I want to train somebody I, I've got a, a new person uh, coming on right now named Rob uh, Rob same thing was uh, a, a client at the shop for a long time really good personality got along with everybody um, we needed some help and I, I thought hey you know this person really loves body piercing so why not give them a shot see how it goes and you know Rob's been a, a great person to have around the shop has, has really impressed me I brought Rob out to the APP conference with me this year I paid all the expenses for him to come out and take some classes uh, and all that is a, a big investment for me, you know, like that right there is a couple thousand dollars. Uh, and it's going to be time for me to, to teach him and train him. You know, right now he's just started helping out with sterilization. He's doing an awesome job of that. Uh, he's been helping me out with uh, jewelry things for a while. And who knows, you know, maybe uh, if he keeps impressing us in the shop, he might get further opportunities. And it's just, it's comfortable because 
we like him, he fits in well with the clientele and the other staff members and all that stuff. But uh, I wouldn't have somebody like that in my studio if I didn't give him the shot, give him the, the try. And I really want other studios to start doing that. So uh, if you are already well-staffed, I'm not saying break yourself financially. You can totally just say, hey, just hang out. It's kind of an internship thing. Get a feel for the shop. And then maybe you can start helping around. Maybe we can give you a trade, you know, offer you discounts, things like that. It doesn't have to be a payroll thing. I'm not saying pay someone under the table. You know, you don't want to break any sort of labor laws or anything like that. But uh, it's totally commonplace in the industry. It has been for a really long time that you have people just help out around the shop. It doesn't have to be some sort of permanent thing. You can try people out. If they don't work, then say, hey, thanks for your time. You know, I'm not going to need you to, to keep doing this role. Uh, find somebody else. But uh, you have to reach reach that hand down, pull somebody up. You know, if you've been successful, it's your obligation to share that success with other people and give them the same opportunities that, that you've had. Um, if you're in a studio, again, I'll always put that offer out there like, hey, uh, you can come shadow here. You can come and do this. You can come do that. I want to talk to people. I want to meet other body piercers. Uh, we really have to start kind of paying it forward uh, because a lot of us are successful because of the opportunities that were given to us by other people. Not all of us uh, had the ability to uh, forge our own path forward. Sometimes we needed a helping hand and I, I really do want to see that hand being extended to the next generation of body piercers. So I'm putting it out there uh, for all those shops out there where I interact and you say you listen to the show. Um, I'm talking to you specifically. Uh, go out there, mentor someone, uh, talk to your regular clients that you have a good rapport with. Think about maybe taking them on, you know, internship, uh, part-time, paid employee, uh, and maybe, who knows, one day apprentice. But uh, we really have to start thinking about the future of our industry. Otherwise, we're, we're going to have some problems coming up soon. Uh, things are already pretty short-staffed as it is in a lot of shops. And we need to start training those next generations of, of body piercers. So thanks for listening. Um, I've just got one more little uh, little section for you, one quick little interview, and then that'll wrap it up. And I'll be back next week. Uh, say who you are and where you're from. Oh, do we have to? You do have to. Uh, come on, mate. People can't understand me. <laughs> I'm Mick Stockholm. I'm from Liverpool in the UK. I'm Kat Swanton. I'm from Carlisle in the UK. And <laughs> how, is, how is your conference going so far? Absolutely loving it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What's been your favourite? Have you had like a favourite class or a favourite person you've met? Or what's, what's it like an interaction that jumps out This moment you? right now. This moment? Oh my God. <laughs> Do you have anything I can sign for you? Or? Just my face. Sure. <laughs> you get it tattooed on yeah. when you get home? Absolutely. Nice. Oh, my God. How about a class? Any, any classes that you've been I enjoyed Bethlehem's today. What was the subject? It was... Um, give me a sec, I'll give you the oh actual God, title. Oh, my must have loved it. No, I'll give you the actual so title. What about you? Vulvas. Favorite class so far? The, the bulb with uh, yeah. Kellen and Whitney? Yeah, it was, like, super interesting. Even yeah. though we're, like, not doing them at the minute. Is it still still taboo over there? Um, we're in England, so it is. But yeah. Lola and everyone in Scotland's got the okay. Mm. So, bit shit. But. You'll be able to do it soon. The class that I <laughs> loved the most was piercing complications and considerations. Oh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely awesome class. So is that kind of like the, the elevation of uh, troubleshooting? Yeah, it was, ba it was basically what, what can go wrong, what yeah. certain things look like, yeah. what infections look like. She put up a nasty slide of black tongue. Mm. That oh. mafia purse piece. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely one of yours. Hi, Carney. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. 
Yeah. Have you met uh, my friends from Hello. the UK? Mick, Mick from the UK. Okay. Yes. Also, I gotta see. I need, even if you, say, I just want to have it in my head. Also from the UK. Hello. Hey. I am Courtney from the Minnesota. Hey. <laughs> hey. Minnesota. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for chatting to me. You're very welcome. What the fuck is that? This is my this is my Doom recorder. <laughs> it's a For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. You hungry? Come on down. Little bits. Eat some shit, you stupid bitch. (laughs) Just kidding.